Andy, my dude, have you heard of the magical website builder known as Squarespace? Ugh, not another Squarespace ad. I feel like every podcast is sponsored by them. <laughs> hey, 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 don't knock it till you try it. Yes, okay, it is overhyped. But actually, it lives up to the hype. Squarespace is like a website fairy godmother. With a click of a button, your site transforms into a beautiful masterpiece. A website fairy godmother? That sounds interesting. What makes it so magical? Well, for starters, those slick templates make anyone look like a professional web designer. Pick one, customize the colors and fonts to match your brand, and voila. Plus, the drag-and-drop fluid engine is so easy, your grandma could build a site on Squarespace. Well, she did knit me a lovely scarf last Christmas. Maybe website design is next. Exactly. And when you're ready to sell your Nana's handmade scarves online, Squarespace has built-in e-commerce. Add a store with one click. Get flexible payment options. Then watch those sales roll in. And when she wants to teach others her steezy scarf skills, Squarespace's new courses feature is just the ticket. Nana can set up her curriculum and enrollments and payments in a snap and become the next e-knitting influencer. Wow, you really sold me with the grandma angle. Sign me up for that free try. Just go to thenextreel.com slash Squarespace and transform your site into a beautiful Squarespace masterpiece. Well, thanks, Pete. Even though it's overhyped, Squarespace actually sounds perfect for Nana's site's needs. Appreciate the warning on the ads, though. I'll brace myself next time I listen to a podcast. Anytime. Let me know if you need any help getting that site up and running. Andy, can you believe we've almost hit 700 episodes of The Next Reel? I know, it's crazy. And with all the other episodes in our family of podcasts, we are well over 1,200 episodes of movie conversation. It's really pretty amazing that we've gotten to have these in-depth movie chats every week for over a decade now. And we couldn't have done it without our loyal community of film fans. Their support over the years has meant so much. For sure. That reminds me, we should give the merch store a shout out. Buying shirts from thenextreel.com slash merch is a great way listeners can continue to support the show. Plus, they get to support our great designs. Absolutely. I think sometimes folks forget we have a variety of shirts, mugs, phone cases, and more available. In fact, a great place to start is with a shirt sporting the Next Reel's logo. We also have that classic Fast Times Spicoli Surf School tee, or the weirdly popular Rusty's European Tour shirt. The one from National Foods European Vacation. Why is that so popular? <laughs> Search me, but we have sold a ridiculous number of those. I guess there are a lot of Rusties taking trips to Europe? We're always adding new designs based on movies we've covered, like our brand new design for a streetcar named Desire, featuring a streetcar named Desire. So if you want to rep your love of TNR and films, head to thenextreel.com slash merch. Every purchase helps us continue to have these weekly in-depth conversations. So visit thenextreel.com slash merch today. And as always, thanks for listening and being a part of the Next Real community. We've got lots more great movie chats coming your way. Streaming services are on the rise, and brick and mortar video stores are a thing of the past. We have lost that experience of wandering the aisles and stumbling upon a film we've never heard of. We have replaced the familiar face behind the video store counter with an algorithm to recommend films. With more and more content available, 
it's harder to know what's worth watching and what might be a waste of your time. There are many hidden gems out there waiting to be discovered, and we want to help you find them. This is Trailer Rewind, a podcast where we discuss and review recently forgotten or overlooked films that are now available to stream at home. When I decided that the report was a film to include in this season of Trailer Rewind, there was one person that I really wanted to sit down and talk about it with. But Diane Feinstein was unavailable, so I am talking with our own resident reporter and politician, Pete Wright. I don't know. That do was, I have uh, that correct? You, that you have unfair. a journalism background, right? I do. I do have a journal <laughs> and political science background, in fact. Uh, okay. But I and still aren't you think politically that was active in your community? <laughs> I, I'm actually an elected official. I'm a former elected mm-hmm. official. Actually, my yes. badge is hanging on my wall. You know what it says? Pete Wright, elected. <laughs> I was on a ballot for crying out loud. See? <laughs> I never made it into the into the secret room though. No. Okay. So we are talking about the report. Pete, this was your pick from August 24th, 2019, and you noted that Scott Z Burns is behind this, so writer and director on this one. But you noted that many of his films are beloved by the next reel. And I had to go dig in what what was it that were his films that we had talked about on the next reel. So we've got side effects digging into the deep deep archives of the film board, contagion your disease film series. Do you remember how long ago that was, the disease film series? Uh, 12, 13, Four years 15, ago. 16. 20... <laughs> I'll just name all the years. 16. 2016, all right. All the teens. All right. all the, yeah, 2016. So now might be a good time for people to revisit that series if they're still looking for you know something to, to delve True. into. And then, of course, the Bourne Ultimatum he wrote, which was in the, in the Bourne series that you guys did. Uh, but you noted that it had an incredible cast. We can, we can talk briefly about all the names and faces in that. And that, unfortunately, you felt like it could either stand out or be lost in the wash of position films. We can talk about whether whether this did that, whether COVID had anything to do with that. But today is October 17th, 2020, and the report is exclusively available on Amazon Prime. After 9-11, everyone was scared. Scared it might happen again. Obvious terrorist attack. It was my second day of grad school. Next day, I changed all my classes to national security. Morning, Dan. Morning, Senator. Have you seen the story today in the New York Times? Evidently, the CIA destroyed tapes of interrogations of Al-Qaeda detainees. I want to find out what was on the tapes and why they were destroyed. No paper. Paper is a way of getting people in trouble at our place. At our place, paper is how we keep track of laws. Last night I found this. He's detaining number 24. Have you guys used this thing before? No. We watched your video. They waterboarded him 183 times. Everything they got from him was either a lie or something they already had. If it works, why do you need to do it 183 times? Maybe when the report comes out, people will finally see that. Let's talk about the release of, of this in the in the wash of of position films uh, on that. So it had a limited release. This is what I found. It had a, actually had a limited theatrical release. I don't know. Did you get out to no. the theaters to see, no, see the torture report? No. No? Okay. Because it was right there around your birthday binge time. It was November 14th and 15th. It had a like, limited U.S. and international release. I guess the typical New York 
and LA. But then it hit digital right there, November 29th, 2019. Yeah. So two weeks later, I think this was, you know, as Amazon, uh, you know, owned this one. Uh, based on that brief time in theaters, it pulled in, the report pulled in $232,305. Okay. So, so somebody somebody you know, could get in, a in COVID, in co- mortgage out of that. Yes. <laughs> And, you know, in COVID times now, you look at that and go, well, yeah, that's, that's not so bad. <laughs> Everything right? has shifted. Perspective <laughs> anew. Isn't that ironic for this movie? Yes. What I found really interesting is because this was distributed by Amazon Films, it's only available on Amazon Prime. You, I couldn't find this on physical media. I usually go to Blu-ray.com to see, like, release information. No. So all you lovers of physical media, no. You don't, you don't get this can't one. You it. can't own this one. No, you can't. But this is what I love about what Amazon did with this, and I very rarely see this with films, is they have all this additional background material and resources. So if you go to the Amazon page for the report, they've got links to the documents. They have resources for high school and higher ed teachers. Uh, so we can put those links into the show notes. If you're interested in teaching this or getting students to really dig into this content, Amazon has put together an entire curriculum. So lesson plans and resources, all of that there. There's also a link to a podcast that Amazon put together that features the actual Daniel Jones, and it probes a bit deeper into this story. In other words, there's a ton and ton of material if you want to delve into this subject. And Pete and I touched little of that before talking there's just a, today. There's right? so Unless much you've spent the, There's so much. Yes, yes. So, as this was your pick, Pete, is this what you expected when you sat down and watched the report? Uh, yeah, that's a loaded question, I think. Um, it, it is exactly what I expected. Um, and I, I personally like it a lot. I, I, I really enjoy this movie. I think the cast is exceptional. Uh, I think it is a well-earned 7.2 on the IMDb scale. Uh, feels pretty good. Um, I think this movie and movies of its ilk are, uh, and I think this movie in particular, are carrying a lot of weight right now because it's so fresh. I mean, this is very recent history that we're talking about here. And I think making a a compelling movie uh, about, you know, this kind of material about essentially writing a 7,000 page report and then editing it down to 500, like, that's not <laughs> what you would think of as as terrific, um, you know, terrific uh, movie fodder. And yet, I think Burns and team actually did a heck of a job, uh, you know, telling a very difficult story. I can understand why it might not be for everybody. It It's, you know, if you're not into this kind of material, it can be very hard. But I, I think the second layer here is that it's not just a position film, it is a partisan film. It is hard not to watch this and feel, at least in part, like it's a kind of a company reenactment training video used to demonstrate the horrors of bad guys <laughs> for the good guys, right? Like, it's it's terrible yeah. what these people do. These are real people who are vilified in this movie and i'm not saying they don't deserve to be like in my view they're the bad guys yes there are worse guys but they're the bad guy this was a terrible thing but this movie is already has all those sort of partisan cards stacked against it so um yeah i mean from that respect i i liked it i liked what i got out of the movie and i'm the kind of person who's already pre-wired to like what i got out of this movie so saying that it's a partisan film, do you feel that people of a particular political bent would would be upset by this film, that it would be too 
oppositional to them? Or do you think this does a, a job of presenting things factually without undue bias? I mean, it, is it propaganda or is it really that we're chronicling what happened and we're telling it from a certain point of view from one side? I mean, clearly there's both sides to a story. We're going to get one side. And it being partisan, do you feel it's it's balancing that it's more balanced? Do you feel like we're getting some bias? I, I wonder, Steve, if I could turn that back to you. If Do you think that okay. this film uh, would have been received differently uh, if it had been released in 1992? That's a, a good question. I mean, it, I mean, it's for me. It's and I'm not one. I mean, I I tune into NPR. I stay up. <laughs> Is to that, the did news. you get that? It, on it a feels sticker? like yes. It feels like we're far enough away from this, mm-hmm. although it's still recent history. It you know, with the news cycle, it goes so much. This seems like it's it's still yeah. a world away. I mean, we're we're past this and we're into other messes right now. So for me, I think you know, yes, I think because it creates that distance to things, just like watching, you know, like all the president's men in the, you know, when I first saw them in the eighties, I'm like, Oh, that's past. There's lessons we can learn from this. And I think that to me, one of the the tragedies of this is that it is so recent, but it does feel distant. And one of the things in the, uh, I listened to the, the report podcast. And one of the things that was mentioned on there was that, that summary report of the fact that no one, you know, they want people to read that. People need to have this information. I, and it's mm-hmm. tough subject matter. And I think that's that's the challenge. In the in the 90s, I don't know that people wanted to, I don't want to say hate on, on government as much, but it seemed like government was serving the people a little bit better or some parts of, you know, the, the general population better. It, I don't know. That's, it's hard to say. You know, I was in college, wasn't that politically active, and it seemed like, well, things are rolling along pretty good for, for me. So it didn't have a lot of things to be angry about, whereas now it seems like there's plenty. Yeah, I, well, I think so too. And I think uh, I think when you, I, I agree with you, and from my perspective, we'll say my bias, if I'm owning that, when I look at these horrors that I had already read about, we'd already known what these things were, we'd known about enhanced interrogation techniques, all of that had been out in the, paper, in the papers. Uh, when I see those on screen, to the extent to which they were portrayed in this movie, it is hard yes. not to watch that and then hear the movie's take on, you know, there are a lot of people who believe that those that that we had to do those things in the wake of 9-11, right? There were people right. who believed because they're patriots. Right. It's hard to see those things yes. together in this movie and not feel like that is in some way doing short shrift to those people who believe that so deeply that it is central to their yes. patriotism. And that's what I mean by this movie being a partisan film. This movie takes those people who believe so deeply and core to their being that those things, they were doing, you know, a patriot's work, that uh, seeing mm-hmm. the way those are portrayed in this movie, those are the bad guys. Those are the bad guys, the, patri- the hardest yes. core patriots. The guy, Mitchell, is... The hardest core patriot, right? And he's the bad guy as he's choking up, talking about how he has committed yeah. war crimes, right? Like it yes. is, it's hard yeah. to watch that and not feel like that's a patriot's uh, kind of an experience. And and so when I watch this movie, sure, Adam Driver is, you know, he clearly at the end as he's talking to Feinstein and she says, "Do you work for the report or do you work for me?" 
right? That's a pivotal yeah. moment yeah. because he does work for the report, right? Yes. He's he has yes. turned over. Yes. He's done. Uh, and and so uh, you know he is definitely you know he is the the what the movie characterizes as the new patriot right we're gonna do and and in fact it's the old patriot right we're gonna do what's right because it's right because we stand for something better than being thugs and criminals in a dark room with masks on but it it's I I, okay. I think that's one of the reasons that that is the central conflict in in watching this movie as a partisan position film it is that that this movie deals with left and right. In a culture today that is distinctly different, I think, than it would have been accepted in a pre-Facebook, pre-Twitter, yes. pre-sort um, of trigger mentality America. Okay. No, I, I agree. I think that's sort of what I want to make sure, you know, listeners are aware of that uh, there, this is going to be brutally graphic. It's, it's tackling the truth. Head on. It's not pulling any any punches with with the brutality of the enhanced interrogation techniques. It's it's delving into to partisan politics. So, if that's something that's you know uncomfortable for you, this is probably not the type of film for you. If this is something that you really thrive on, of like digging into the facts of you know a story of what was going on behind the scenes, as we saw everything coming out in, in the press and in the papers, what the, the the mechanism was behind all of that. If you like that type of thing, this is probably going to be your type of movie. It's why I brought up like All the President's Men. Uh, the other movie I think of is The Post, is a similar you know type of story of, of, again, digging into the past and looking at the people at, at work and at play and bringing that information out. I don't know if there was any other... Uh, this seems to be like exactly like your your wheelhouse. I don't know if there were other types of films that people might be familiar with that you could say, oh, if you liked that, yeah. this might be your type of thing. It's the first one I was going to say, in, in large part because Jessica Chastain's character in that movie is is uh, yeah. loosely, yeah. I think, sometimes not so loosely based on the same character that Maura Tierney yeah. plays. Much more hardcore, yeah. I think, in this movie in in her stoicism. Yes, uh, and that was on um, on Jane Mayer, the 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 real life person uh and and uh it's tough to to watch that is those these two movies are spiritual cousins i think before we delve deep into conversation analysis i'd like to just sort of briefly look at where this stands in in your rankings and ratings and in review system you know i use flick chart and letterbox and so for for flick chart this ended up for me at 125 out of 643 which is somewhere you know in, in the top what what I don't I'm what, how do you uh, tell me tell me how you thought about it was you were putting this in like what 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 was it you were ranking against well well this for me I will always say whenever I'm flick charting it'll come up against stuff and I will say I will take the artfulness and the importance of the message over things that are that are pure entertainment so there are there are some things that it came up against I'm like well these are both really good films to me this weighs heavier in terms of this is a movie I'm going to sit down with my kids and watch and and talk about. This is a film that that chronicles an important era in American history. So to me, that will always bump it above in in, in importance uh, when I'm ranking those things. Because I for me, I've I've watched it twice and going through. After the first time, I thought, well, is this one of those? I got the story. It's like a documentary. That's enough. Uh, the second time through. It, it's still compelling the the way it is plotted out and paced it just it, it moves things along it's not one i imagine i'm going to watch many many times uh but 
for a based on a true story we've got to get all this information together the the structure and everything worked really well to keep the keep me engaged from from beginning to end on this one which is why it ended up as a, a four star the movie i you know i'm with you i i think that's that's one of the things that hits me as i ranked it uh, and i re-ranked it this morning and uh it landed in roughly the same spot it and because of sort of the curse of flick chart it uh it came up against all no brainers. Like there was, there was nothing like uh, that. I got what, this or what? Cloud Atlas. Come on. Like there's just like it was yeah. all those kinds of pairings. So this landed hard at eighty one yeah. uh, out of fourteen seventy, which is a ninety four percent for me. So that should be okay. a four and a half star. And okay. uh, believe it or not, I had not yeah. ranked this movie over in Letterboxd. Uh, so I don't. I. I. It's. It is unregistered right now. But I think it'll probably land at four and a half stars. I. I um. I, I think again because it is. Uh, it, it's hard to. It, it, it's one of those movies that lacks the sort of universality because of its partisanship, and it's not a movie that that is easy to talk about without talking about the way it's the way the story was handled in the media. And so, in that regard, even as it's a terrific movie, it's just it just doesn't like crest that it doesn't get out of its own way in yeah. in some regards because of the way yes. it's, it it handles itself. And so, uh, I'm pretty happy with it at a four and a half star. Well, I think in general, the population that has reviewed this over on Letterboxd and IMDb agrees because over on Letterboxd, it has a weighted review average of 3.42 based on 32,500 reviews over at IMDb. It's got a rating of 7.2, so well above that worth into that worth watching category, and that's based on 30,300 ratings. So 30,000 people pretty much aggregated, say, this one is worth checking out. And if you think this is your kind of film and don't want anything spoiled, this is your chance to pause the podcast and go check out the report on Amazon prime. So the thing about the report as I watched this, this the second time is what really struck me uh, is in terms of the motives behind everybody in this is it's, it's not so much an analysis of nine 11 and everything. It's, it's really an examination. And what we get into is looking at our country's reaction to the hurt and, and trying to f- be able to place blame and which basically becomes this overreaction and lashing out in violence in an, in an effort to make, to give the appearance of an appropriate response. And on nine 11, I actually happened to be teaching high school at that point, and we had just started a unit on Arthur Miller's The Crucible, which at first the kids were like, the Puritans again, but all of a sudden it became a conversation about a community going through tragedy, you know, blight, trauma, all that, and trying to find somebody to blame in, in the Salem witch trials and all of that, and so there were a lot of interesting conversations we had about America as a nation at that point and wanting to find someone to blame because someone had hurt us and we needed to find somebody to blame. And I said, will this country have learned its lesson from looking, you know, you guys here, look at what's going on in this country. Look at what Arthur Miller's saying about the Salem witch trials. And then again, what was going on, you know, during the whole Red Scare communism in the 50s. Are we going to repeat this? Are we just going to find somebody to just blanket blame and go, you know, unleash the violence on them? Or... Are we going to take a measured, you know, approach to this? And to me, this digs into that because that's what we see happening all throughout this decisions being made where you're thinking this, no, <laughs> this is not a good idea. But it was this lack of communication between departments that there was nobody that was accountable because all throughout, you know, as early on, Feinstein's asking, well, did the White House know about this? Did they give this? And it's 
again and again. Well, no, it was this person or it sort of just happened. And to me, that's that's where the problem really gets, it's, is the root of what, what happens here. But it's th- that issue of everybody feeling like, I don't want to be the one that it comes down to of like, did you do enough? And, you know, it's, it's um, that the more a tyranny character, which we start off with of, hey, we've got these guys in the airport and, oh, no, no, that's not the way we want to handle that. And then finding out those yeah. are some of the guys involved in the, the I think everybody crash. has that sort of experience where we, the, the movie sort of yeah. thematically gives us two, uh, two different ways to approach this. One is it's sort of its, its own internal Robin Hood story, right? We have the man against the yeah. community or man against the state. Right. And, and we have so many great examples of that. And, um, you know, Adam Driver, that pensive bison, uh, is, uh, you know, he is, uh, <laughs> able to, um, sort of conjure his, uh, inner fire, right. To, to actually, even in his own little yes. subdued performance, right. He's able to, to sort of charge through. And when he has that conversation, <laughs> when he's first introduced to his lead-lined walls office, and he says, you know, paper tends to get people around here in trouble. He says, oh, uh, in, in our place, we need paper. It's how we keep track of the laws. And I, I laws. just, I mean, that is, yes. the delivery is, that that just is sort of wrapped up in a nutshell, how great his delivery is in this entire movie, because it deals with, like, I'm, I'm not afraid. I stand before you unafraid to take on the machine of the state. And that's huge. We also have yes. this, um, you know, I think this movie does a fantastic job of uh, incriminating those who are afraid to to do what Driver's character is doing um, at the expense of their yes. own careers. We have people like John Yu who just goes right along with it, right? Oh, when he yeah. says, "If yes. if the, if you want to make the case that you can crush the testicles of a child to save American lives, uh, we can make that case." It is just horrific that a human being is going to to say those kinds of things and start making those cases. And we know we know that's terrible, and we know that this experience, Brennan yeah. has said it so many times, spycraft is hard, right? <laughs> Intelligence is hard. Right. Uh, but this yeah. movie really showcases the the people who, because of, you know, fear and allegiance and, you know, the, the sorts of human struggles we all deal with, did not step up. And that's, that, that's a pretty right. powerful statement. Well, and it starts early, early on in the film. We have it. We we get this whole, you know, bipartisan committee. We've got Republicans and Democrats. We get them in their little deep down bunker in the, the CIA. But it's 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 Senate offices. Um, that's where we have the conversation about you know paper and all that. But very quickly, they get a wrench thrown in the works because there's now an issue with the the DOJ and CIA and the Republicans basically feel like this investigation isn't going to go anywhere, and that puts a real cramp on their style because now half the team is gone and the question is what are they going to do yeah. about this and and that's what takes us to our you know to our our valiant uh party of soldiers who are left as as just like the three yes. musketeers it's all we've got and diane feinstein yes um you know who's her own example <laughs> of a firebrand and and if if annette benning doesn't nail it by the end when she's in her purple suit right she has oh, yes. earned that that yes. character oh Yes. And so what I what I love about this, uh, there, there's this scene where they talk about, you know, what are we going to do? Where is everybody? And then they talk. This is where they develop their their methodology and approach to tackling this. Right. This beast. Good morning. Where is everybody? 
Attorney General Holder opened a criminal investigation into the CIA. As a result, the agency won't allow any of their people to be interviewed for our report. The Republicans don't see how we can move forward, so they're out. So does this mean we stop? I mean, the committee voted to investigate. Sanders says we keep going. But we can't actually talk to anyone who was involved in the program. Right. According to CIA legal, CIA personnel is only speaking to DOJ. And is DOJ going to share their findings? I mean, can we work with them? I've reached out to the special prosecutor. I'm waiting to hear back. Okay, but if nobody who actually worked on the program is going to talk to us, how do we investigate? So we have their files, their emails and cables, their memos. We have to use their own communications to tell the story. Do you have any idea how hard that's going to be? And the tapes investigation took two years, Dan, and this is about a lot more than what was on the tapes. Now, we don't even know what this is. Right, but we do know who it starts with. We go one detainee at a time. We get set up here with, we're going to take this one detainee at a time. And that, for me, was was brilliant because it gave us a, a through line for the for the narrative of the story because the whole structure how do you how do you tackle a mess like this narratively when we've got this big report that it's going to be 6700 pages long there's there's so much to get through so the fact that we're going to jump through time a little bit we've got a, a visual timeline that we see move along so that we can see how far we've moved ahead when right. we start in 2009 That's a fantastic can... mechanic right that online animation is or that on-screen animation is great for getting us started. Yes, it gets us started, it keeps track of this, but knowing that we can always touch base on, we're going to focus on the story of this one detainee, and then we're going to get to another one. We don't get through all 119, but at least gives gave, gave me, okay, where are they in their process and what they discover as they go. We can always have these touchstones of each of these uh, detainees, and that gives us then the context for digging into sort of for lack of a better term, the, the flashbacks. And the, the first one we get uh, with our first detainee was where we see the FBI actually d- using practical, useful interrogation <laughs> techniques of, of building rapport with them. And we get the first hints of how awry things are going to go when we get our two consultants that come in and he's building the confinement box. And he's like, well, you're going to put him in that? He's like, we're, we're not going to be able to put this guy on, on, on trial. And the response was, trial yeah who says he's going to get a trial he's good right it was all about getting actionable intel that's what the cia wanted uh which is very different from what the fbi was going for of let's let's build the case against these people we can put them on trial we can do something about this and and the that opposition there being at odds fbi pulls out and that just gives the cia sort of free reign to just you know go further and further with their enhanced interrogation and techniques in their efforts to get some type of actionable intel that they can do something with and a, a lot of the film early on is the exploration of how they get there and for me the scene where the guys are doing their powerpoint and um, these are yeah. the the sear techniques and they have the little you know sort of icons of like here's walling here's you know restraint here's putting them in a box here's waterboard and it's a powerpoint and for me it was the most I, I had to laugh at it because i thought how how can anybody sit here seriously and be thinking, well, yes, this seems like a good idea, but I wasn't in that room. I wasn't in that position of the entire country wants wants results and wants something done now, so they're going to grab at any right. straw. Right. And everyone in that room was on board. That's rough. Yes, uh, which is... <laughs> rough <laughs> exactly and it was i think it was around that point that my my wife left the room and said i can't watch any more of this right now yeah i hate my country yeah. 
right now. This is making me hate my country because it's it's sickening to to see see these pieces. And that to me gets to the the cast. I mean, there's you've, you've got Adam Driver, you've got Annette Bening, but it's a cast full of familiar f- faces, and and it's a huge cast because we're we're going over. Many, many years, many, many places. You know, early on, we see Tim Blake Nelson as the the physician's assistant that's there at the black site because you can't have doctors there because they've taken Mm -hmm. an oath to do no harm. Uh, And I thought, oh, love Tim Blake Nelson. He's in the movie for all of about seven minutes. Yeah, he's got three scenes. (laughs) I think. And and there. Yes, exactly. Two of them, he's sitting in the back, like with a shocked look on his face. Like he's just, he's hardly (laughs) in this movie. Yes. But for me, it speaks to the power, the draw of this story, of the people that wanted to be involved and in bringing this story to light, to making this film that Tim Blake Nelson will sign on for. I'll take this part with with three scenes and be sort of the, you know, er, I thought he was going to have a much larger role because we see him early on, you know, in the garage as Adam Driver's coming out to his car. And we've got sort of that, that deep throat scene of like, hey, I've got some information, follow the emails. I thought, okay, this is going to be our, our end, but this isn't that type of story. It's all about the CIA yeah. documents that they that they review, which is the, you know, so how do you make a film exciting when you've got people reviewing documents and documents? Yeah, and you know, it's funny. We we talked about this with The Girl of Dragon Tattoo, right? Because that that's a, a movie that's been made twice, and it made documents sexy. And, uh, you know, scanning and screen time. And I think that yes. I think they actually do a pretty good job of that. First of all, they throw a lot of it on screen for us in quick cuts. It's it's like the Jason yes. Bourne of document, in, uh, you know, analysis. Yeah. And, uh, and, and so I think they do a, a pretty good job there. And, and also the people who are assessing the documents are incredibly charismatic. This movie is is deeply well cast, not just Driver, yes. but John Hamm as Dennis McDonough is is fantastic. Who knew this oh, would yeah. be a John Hamm vehicle? Uh who knew this would be a, a Matt Rice vehicle when we get to the New York Times? Man, I'll take my yeah. my Americans buddy any day of the week. <laughs> He's also not in this movie very often, but every time he was, I was super no. into. He's like a, kind of their, uh, you know, their. It, it's kind of a deep throat relationship uh, where he's he's a member yes. of the press. Yes, uh, it was great to see Jennifer Morrison as uh, as Carolyn Crass from yes. uh, uh, House uh, hop in here. Um, it yes. was just like across the board. All of the the people who played uh, Senate uh, members of the Senate were terrific. Oh, uh, yeah. Udall was great. I mean, it was yes. just uh, it, it was it was very well cast. So I think having those people be able to talk about this document and just the way that they are able to emote about you know paper and redaction. By the time we get to there's a montage yeah. of Adam Driver, uh, you know, I- essentially uh, point by point undressing the CIA in their uh, uh, analysis of the report, right? Oh, and they're doing it in two yes, different locations, yes. right? So we'll have them all, the the three of them, the CIA and and driver's character sitting in the, the skiff, and they're having this conversation, and the CIA says, we think that you should take these, these points out. And one by one, we jump back to Feinstein's office, and driver just undresses him yes. for Diane Feinstein so that she, she knows. Yeah. That montage of back and forth, sort of a seesaw of, of clips is so effective he gets so wound up i am in that room by the end i'm cheering uh for for his uh, ability to do that so i think all of that in in a mix and this movie is all over the place one thing we didn't talk about with the the time shifting too is the use of color timing for uh flashbacks right present or clear is kind of is more blue toned yellow is the past all of those things work so well together to to um augment 
what could be a real drag. Yeah, it's it's one of these films where you're always oriented to where you are easily. It, it walks you through that. So you're never lost as far as when in time am I or, or where are we or who are we meeting with because you've got uh, just the way scenes are set up, introduced, and the narrative. We know exactly who we are or what's going on. And a lot of those scenes, I mean, a lot of it is if they're not looking at documents, it's, it's Adam Driver basically unlo- downloading his brain and telling this is what, what happened to give to to give the context of that. And I thought, okay, how much of this is for dramatic effect? And then in the Amazon podcast, they have the actual Daniel Jones there and, and the podcaster asked him a question and he said, uh, well, I can't answer that. That part's redacted. And it's like, okay, out of a 6,700 page document or even the 500 page summary, he knows which, inf- they're like, how do you keep track of, since you have all of that in your head, that this is stuff that the public can know, this is yeah. stuff that's been redacted. But I mean, he lived this for so long. And hearing that, I thought, okay, no, I, yeah. I totally buy this. <laughs> this this performance by Adam Driver of knowing that he just lived and breathed each of these documents and knows everything that was in all of the documents that he reviewed so that he can he can basically pull apart any of their points and say oh no 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 you guys already did a report that yeah, confirms right. this so it, no that's not so the great. case yes oh yeah the, amazing. Uh, the conjunction yes. with the panetta report i mean it was all just really great when he walks into the office and says yeah what is this <laughs> if you picked up a book <laughs> and it said blank turned water into yeah. wine and blank walked on water and blank was resurrected <laughs> how would you know it's the same guy brilliant yes just perfect yes oh it's so many of those those pieces and it for me i felt it was a nice balance of keeping me informed of everything going it it gets for me it gets really complicated as we start to get into like the capture of bin laden because then then we get a lot more political because then we get to the the instance of well okay whatever this information the cia claims they had that's what got us bin laden that got obama reelected why would he do anything now we're getting into political moves of i don't want to i don't want to discredit the cia they basically got right. me reelected whether or not it was true or not that's the perception of of that piece and that's where things for me get really wound tightly of trying to unravel because i'm i'm so aligned with our idealistic adam driver of you know working for the report and truth and justice needs to come to light. No matter what people need to be held accountable for the wrongs that they committed. And he's being told again and again, okay, this is Washington, DC. You know, we've got uh, John Hamm. We've got that scene out in the, in the park where he's like, look, it's, it's done. You know, this, you're working on things. Don't don't put these ideas in Feinstein's yeah. head anymore. This is not the way the game's being played anymore. And it's heartbreaking to see that because you are so on board with this. There's the dark side, and we've got to shine. We've got to we've got to expose yeah. this stuff, right? And I'm like, yeah, I I'm this guy's my buddy. He's smart. He's intelligent. Why would I not root for this guy? The system's corrupt. We've got to root all that evil out of there. And we see it just again and again, like you know. No, Dan, stop what you're doing. You, you, This is not what it's about. And he gets called out by Feinstein, by her aide several times on that. And I, I hate to say it's, I don't want them to say, I don't want to say that they're the bad guys, but it's like, no, come on, Washington, get out of the way and let let the Americans um, know. Because I think Feinstein at one point says, you know, I appreciate how much you've worked on this, you know, report if it yeah, sees the light right. of day. And he's just, you like, know, it, it's interesting. It, it's made, I'm, and, and frankly, anytime you hire John Hamm to play George Clooney playing Dennis McDonough, 
Uh, I, you know, yeah, that's heartbreaking when they don't get it. You just want, you want your boys yeah. to get it. Yeah. Um, I, it reminds me yeah. of, uh, uh, Anand Giridharadas, who's a, a writer, former Times columnist and, and, um, uh, journalist. And he, he writes, uh, uh, he, he's written a bunch of, of books on wealth and power. And one of the things he says is that, you know, uh, politics, when people claim about politics, uh, they've forgotten that politics and civic duty is non-optional, right? It is a non-optional thing. If, right. you, if you are somebody who says you want change, you must engage in, in a political process. It is how things get done. And this, this, you know, just sitting around and complaining about politicians uh, is not effective. And, uh, and so you see stories right. like this and you realize we're missing so many good people who likely were brainwashed into thinking that politics were optional. Because that's the alternative. If politics are optional, then we're living in a system that is run by those who believe it isn't. And don't you want your voice heard? This is that movie that is that case, right? This is, this is why, because there aren't enough good people standing up uh, and, and saying uh, aloud, it is time for public debate. Whether or not we ended up with enhanced interrogation right. uh, techniques, uh, it yeah. is time for a public debate. And so we're making a hero out of the one or two that were able to do that in this movie. And uh, you just, I just walk away thinking, God, I just want more. I want more of those people stepping up and shining a light on themselves. And then I know they're there. Oh, yeah. No, exactly. It's, it's yeah, the the... The players that hide in the shadows, those are the ones to watch out for. That's where the decisions get made because, you know, you'll have Bush saying, I didn't right. know any of this was going on and his people are protecting him. All of those I decisions. I do not have um, not and will not endorse. Right. Right. E e exactly. And that's, uh, you know, the one casting decision that I did really appreciate is the, the choice to not cast anyone as John McCain and to just use the archival footage yeah. of his speech because it's, it's so iconic um, and no one wants to step in those shoes, you know, to, to, to attempt to try to, to fill those shoes in that role. And I think it worked really well to have that, his voice saying those words on the televisions at, at that point. At any point, film. like, I, I think I'm super biased because there was a point near the end that I'm like, what real person are they going to pull a Snowden on me with? Right, we're gonna go oh. to the end, and it's not. No, it's actually <laughs> Diane Feinstein, yeah. or you know, <laughs> whose face is yeah. gonna show up at, like during the credits? Uh, no, I think they actually they were yeah. as, as sort of boisterously kind of uh, evangelical of its own um, uh, its own position. This movie is. I, I think yeah. they actually wrapped it up well. We didn't get a redemption story in any of the characters who needed I we didn't even get yeah. John Hamm uh, his character feeling sort of redeemed no. he's staring out the window and and the only thing i can think is man he's he's exhausted because of what he has yet to do now that all this is out in public um yes. I, I i the whole movie i wanted uh, uh come to jesus for more tyranny i just she's so great and we never got yes. any of that and that is just uh, <laughs> it's just sad um yes uh, but um you know, she's it, it. It's one of those brave roles to take on a character like this, based on a oh yeah composite real character. So I we didn't get any of those redemptions. I think this movie was handled the the end the yeah. the, the end of the film was handled really very well. That's that's my point.
Well, yeah, no, it, it was because it, it was one of these things where I hate to say it. I'm like, where's it? Where's the story going to go? What obstacles are we throwing at our at our hero? And when it gets to the point, because this is one of the, and I don't know if it's because in reality no one knows, and so we have to sort of construct this. But the 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 way the Panetta report shows up, it just sort of ends up in with their the daily dump of files that they get, and so the you know at, at one point this, I mean, this becomes the controversial thing that near the end because that shows that the CIA had done their own internal investigation and come to the same conclusions that, you know, Dan is getting and seeing all these issues. And so they, they find a way to get that report mentioned in public. And that's where the CIA then accuses him of hacking the system. And it's that question of, you know, he doesn't know how it ended up in the files. Was there a whistleblower that put it in there for them to find it? Was it an accident? Nobody knows, but it's this whole, now we get to the point of, CIA is coming after him, trying to shut him down by saying he hacked the the CIA computers. And for for me, that this scene with uh, Corey Stoll as his his lawyer, as they they get into this situation of how is he going to get out of this? Because you've got you got the wheels of Washington coming down to crush you. And for me, this little scene where Dan realizes what his out is or what his solution is from from this uh, advice from Corey Stoll is just. Uh, for me, sets things in motion for the final act of the film. I did not hack into the CIA computer system. I mean, my, com- my computer skills stop at Microsoft Word. They probably know that. Let me ask you something. How much does a Senate staffer make? At my level, about, about 100 grand. Hey, retirement savings, family money? No. So we should discuss my retainer. How much is that? 30,000 to start, and if it goes to trial, add a zero. Nothing could make them happier than knowing you're sitting here talking to me. That's what they want, Dan. Make you bleed money all over my floor. Do you want my expert opinion for free? You don't really have a legal problem. You have a sunlight problem. I'm sure you know people who can help you solve it. Pete? Do you have a sunlight problem? You know, I'll tell you, um, I, I do in Portland, but that's not the point. I I, I think at the end, the, the the very last screen, right, where we get we get a number of consecutive yeah. shots of the camera backing up as Dan is walking away from yeah. the Capitol, um, and the very last line of the on-screen text is, you know, none of the none yeah. of the CIA officers were ever prosecuted, and then fade in. One of them even became head of the CIA uh, without yeah. naming a name there. And, and, yeah. you know, we're talking about Gina Haspel, who has, a, is, right. is a controversial figure in her own right for being chief of a black site in Thailand. And I, I wonder uh, there, you know, as much as I've, I have read and understand the story behind the report um, from my just living through it as we have, um, yeah. I, I just wonder how many things I don't know about where the movie is being just a bit, cheeky in its own right like that line is one that for a movie that that purports to to have no sunlight problem that's a sunlight problem Mm -hmm. uh and and i don't know how i would have handled that differently but it seemed like a just a little bit of a kiss off to to some institution i just those those little things again maybe that's why it's not quite a five star Amazon does a great job of putting in a lot of bonuses. If you watch on your computer on Amazon Prime, you've got X-ray, the whole Amazon yeah. X-ray, 
and you've got behind the scenes stuff. And it was somewhere there that I had seen or read that, that Scott Burns and his original concept of this was, a, was to approach it in a Dr. Strangelove type of, of way, because it's, it's so, it's so dark that, you know, you have to laugh, you know, if we could laugh at it, maybe that's the right approach. But as he delved deeper into that and looked at it, he said, no, I think we need to take this really seriously. And I think that, you know, it's, it's balancing that tone, but it also, you know, I tried to think about why is this not a five-star movie for me? And maybe it's because there is no, there is no redemption. We don't have a, a come up, comeuppance for anybody. We don't have victory because we get a redacted version of the report and that's it. And the machine marches on and nothing has changed. And although Obama, you know, has taken action, you know, this will not happen again. I don't have the assurances that that it won't because I feel like the public isn't informed enough. And so that's why I'm thrilled to see a movie like this, but maybe that's what makes it, it would make it the five star is if everybody saw this and said, yes, we understand. And now we're going to be informed voters and we're going to apply pressure. We're going to confront people and hold our representatives in Washington, D.C. accountable for doing what we as a nation but believe you know, is Steve, right. But you know, as a just by way of devil's advocacy here, like if yeah. you if yeah. the movie comes off and presents that point as you've described it, then we're yeah. sitting here saying the movie was super heavy-handed. Uh, they've manufactured a happy yeah. ending out of what we all know because we've lived through yes. it is not a happy ending. They didn't do justice to the truth. Yeah. So I, I think the movie is. Yeah. I, I think the movie is just sort of stuck between the rock and a hard place. Like uh, yeah. it, it was an it was yes. an, an exceptional movie in so many ways. Um, I, I don't know, I don't know how they combat that last half star, the last half star problem. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I would say, I guess, you know, I'm optimistic that maybe it is all the resources that Amazon yeah. has put on the website too, for people that see it and say, I want to learn more. This movie piqued my interest. And I, so I, I'm going to go and look at that 500 page summary, or I'm going to go learn a little bit more about who these people are. And maybe those will be the, the first steps. That's a really good point. And I, and I think it's, it, it is in that regard, it's timely that they're doing this now so that we yes. don't have uh, a situation where uh, a, a show like Watchmen comes out and everybody's yeah. surprised that Black Wall Street was a real thing. Right? Like that's, <laughs> yes. this is the kind of yes. thing that maybe we just have to keep shining sunlight on and we have to do it right yeah. now, even though the McCain, yes. um, Feinstein bill was signed in, in 2015. Yeah. We have to keep talking yeah. about this right now. Yes. No, I, I agree. And this is why I'm excited to see that there's curriculum for, for high school teachers, for, you know, higher education. This is one that I wasn't, you know, intending to sit down and, you know, watch with my kids, but I'm thinking this is one where like, no, they're this election that, you know, this is the first time they'd both be voting in the presidential election. So I've got two two voters in the house to to be informed and say these are the types of things yeah this is hard work it's a lot to think about it's complicated it's not easy but that's what we owe our nation to be informed to to do those things and it's it's uncomfortable but i think you know hopefully this this is one of those films that at least i hope as we said you know it being a partisan film maybe it sparks conversations for people. And that's what I would encourage people to do is to watch this and then, you know, have a conversation with a friend, a neighbor, a family member and say, well, how do you feel about this? Or what do you think about it? Because to me, that's what makes this, you know, the, the difference between entertainment and art is art should spark that conversation where entertainment can say, oh, I, I feel better about myself or I 
feel something, but I can walk away from it. This, the fact that anybody would watch this and walk away unchanged and not feeling any desire to take any type of action, uh, that, that, that frightens me. Agreed. I have to tell you, I'm gratified that I had a, uh, I had a pick, a trailer pick that uh, landed so high for on our both of our lists. <laughs> this could have been hot garbage. Yeah, <laughs> it could have been because there was that other one with. Uh, that wasn't a cue oh. for you to litigate my trailer picks, Steve. <laughs> no, 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 no. This no exactly because there. And I, I'd have to go in. There was that other trailer pick with. Oh shoot! It was like the British one with. Why can't I think? Oh, with Kira Knightley. And it was something similar where she was a, yeah. a journalist and digging into something and that, that, that sort of came and went. Um, so, no, it, it, I always feel like, uh, you know, with Trailer Rewind, it's it's always the focus to say, this is worth checking out. Bring something up that it was overlooked. And I think we've, we've done that and hopefully informed and educated people about something that uh, is worth checking out and worth thinking about. I'm just thrilled to be able to talk about, with, about it with you, Steve. And when I saw the list come up in, in our planning discussions, I was very excited to get my name on yeah. the list for this movie. So uh, <laughs> thanks for the open invitation, and uh, can't wait to next season. Oh, yeah. No, uh, hey, uh, this is the first time, other than a sat man, this is the first time we actually had time to really talk and deeply get into a movie, and I loved you having too. that opportunity. For all, all our listeners out there, thank you for listening to Trailer Rewind. If anything we said here entertained, educated, or even enraged you, we'd like you to tell people about this podcast. And whatever your podcast listening platform is, please share, rate, or write a short review. It helps other podcast listeners find us. And if you enjoy connecting with other film fans, you can become a member of our community on Discord. It's free to just join in and be part of that general community. And there's always an interesting dialogue or debate to jump into. There's all kinds of discussions going on now. We've got, uh, I want to say, people are looking at the year-end list. There's always something in the news about Disney or what movie has had its release date pushed back for another decade. Always something interesting to talk about in Discord. We'd love to see you in there. Hondo. I love the conversations that so many of our hosts have had on their shows. Steve and JJ on Trailer Rewind, Ray and Ocean on Silver Linings, even Tommy's short-lived No, No, Wait, Hear Me Out. And so many films they've discussed started out as a book, a play, or even a TV series. Well, now you can support our whole family of podcasts by using our new Originals page to buy the original source material used to inspire films covered on our shows. Just visit thenextreel.com slash originals. Your purchases made through our links give us a small commission at no extra cost to you and allow us to keep having these fantastic conversations. It's a wonderful way to support the show. Producing these podcasts week after week require a ton of work behind the scenes. If you'd like to help support our efforts, try using our originals page when shopping for books and movies that we've covered. It's your one-stop shop for Amazon and Apple links where you can buy the book, play, video game, movie, etc. upon which the movie is based. Original material for trailer rewind movies like If Beale Street Could Talk, The Goldfinch, Aniara, 
or The Two Faces of January. Or Silver Linings movies like Repo Men, which was based on the repossession Mambo. Plus, by using those links to buy books, Amazon and Apple show us a little bit of love, which allows you to support our family of shows with minimal effort. Visit thenextreel.com slash originals. It's a fantastic way to support the show and find a great book to read. That's right. Head over to thenextreel.com slash originals to find your next read and get started today. 